0: joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor. We've got another great program lined up for you. But first, let's give a great big thank you to our sponsor.
1: Services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor.
0: Thank you so much, and thanks to you for choosing to tune in today. I am so excited about today's program. I feel like I probably say that every week because I am, but today I have the honor of welcoming my cousin, Anne Ulan, to the show. Welcome, Anne. (laughs)
1: Thanks, cousin. I'm so glad to be here. I know. I know. I
0: was so excited when I reached out to you. I'm like, you have to come on the show because there's so much to talk about. Yeah, definitely. So we, first of all, we need people to get to know you a little bit more. I feel like in some ways we grew up together, even though we lived two states apart. But um, let's hear a little bit about you, your background, and maybe even when you came to the Lord and what that was like for you.
1: Sure. Um, I grew up in the suburbs of Minneapolis, uh, would get to see Deb, usually in the summers. We'd um, see her or, t- you know, get to play together out at Glacier Park, Montana, a lot of times, Great Falls, Montana. Um, so, yeah, grew up uh, oldest of six kids, um, a great family of faith. Um, but I kind of wondered if I was good enough to go to heaven. Um, and then when I was in high school, I met some kids um, in the orchestra that— um, they seem to have this, this peace about them that I didn't have in regard to God, and um, eventually through them, I came to trust the Lord Jesus as my own Savior through them and have been walking ever since. Well, and it's
0: interesting because even as young adults, let's just call it to that time and place, I saw the change in you. Hmm. And how I would describe it is a change from religiosity into having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, and Definitely. that's the shift that I could see in you it was like, okay, something happened to Anna and I'm not really sure what it is, <laughs> but I, I maybe need to learn a little bit more about this. You were actually a huge influence for me in that.
1: Oh, well, to God be the glory, yeah. for sure. <laughs> so well,
0: we're going to get into that a little bit more too, uh, because today our topic's all about harvest, the yes. harvest. So you and I were corresponding, we're like, oh, what should we talk about? And, and you kept coming up with the scripture from Galatians. Yes. So let's start with that.
1: Sure, Galatians 6.9 says, Do not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. And I had been praying this summer. I'm a substitute teacher at our local school. Should I keep doing that this year? There's, there's COVID going on. Um, but that verse kept coming back, and I just I felt like the Lord was telling me, Yep, go ahead, go forward and do that. Um, but that verse applies to so many different areas of life, and I've just seen that over and over.
0: So we're going to dig into a lot of areas around that. Now, the first most practical one is that you're farmers. Yes. So obviously the harvest concept to you, including two foot carrots that you pulled out this year, (laughs) is is part of your journey. So tell us a little bit about how you met your farmer husband and a little bit of... Mm. Yeah. yeah. Hello, Jim.
1: (laughs) Hey, hon. Um, So growing up in the suburbs of Minneapolis, my impression of farmers was they are these tall, skinny guys who wear plaid shirts, uh, dusty jeans, and cowboy boots. That was my only impression of farmers, all I had. And what was my husband wearing when I met him for the very first time? He was a tall, skinny guy in a plaid shirt, (laughs) cowboy boots. He did not have dusty jeans on. He had corduroy's on because he had just come from a church conference. (laughs) So that's how I met him. And that was my first impression of of farmers. I really didn't have any preconceived notions about what farming was about um, and just kind of dove right into it after we got married. And so we farm um, near Harwood, North Dakota. Uh, We currently grow soybeans, corn, and wheat. Um, In the past, we've had cattle. Um, We don't right now, but... um, Yep, that's what we're doing. So we're between, uh, we finished soybean harvest and now we're going to move on to corn harvest later this week.
0: Did you ever think you would marry a
1: farmer? Oh, never.
0: I just cannot even, never. I think about all the conversations <laughs> we had growing up and I just did not see this in your future. No way. God had another plan, didn't oh, he? Oh, <laughs> he sure
1: did. He sure did. It was a good plan.
0: So let's talk a little bit about this concept of harvest and seeds, because mm. one of the things you and I have talked about is just because a seed is... Gets planted. Sometimes it's not harvested for a long time. Mm, for sure. So let's talk because, really, I mean, farmers literally know about that patience, yeah. and it happens in a lot of other areas. So let's talk a little
1: bit about that. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll just talk about a little bit of basics. This is all stuff that I learned. I'm um, the first thing I had to learn as a farmer's Where to a farmer was? You need to know where north, south, east, and west are, or you will get lost immediately. So I learned that first, and then learned about the different seeds. Um, that you might plant in the spring of the year. So an acre of farmland is about the size of a football field, and if you're going to plant corn, for example, you're going to plant 32,000 corn seeds in that one acre. Um, If you are planting uh, soybeans, it'll be about 140,000, or if you're planting wheat, it's going to be about a million seeds in in that one acre, you know, times however many acres you have. And farmers make careful decisions about uh, whatever seeds they're going to put in the ground. Um, they get different traits, they can have seed treatments, and they use equipment that is very, very precise. Um, so it goes; in, those seeds go in the ground exactly the right amount under the dirt. And at that point, you are at the mercy of the weather and whatnot. And even if you have perfect conditions, what makes the, the seeds grow? It's God. God makes those seeds grow. They, they all sit in the ground, and no, we don't make them grow. God makes them grow. Um so that's how they get started, and then through the summer, of course, you're watching for you know pests and different things to take care of them. Um, but the plants start doing amazing things. You see a sunflower; it really follows the sun. It is amazing. And and corn, a, a cob of corn can have um, 700 kernels on it or more. Um, just amazing, and it has to be. Um, uh, have, have have everything has to come together for that kernels, all those kernels to work together and become a cob of corn. It ju- it's just as amazing. And then finally, harvest comes, and there's a window of time when you got to get that harvest taken care of, because um, things can be either uh, too wet or too dry or not the right temperature, and then you need to go forth. You need to get that harvest done and get it done now. So let's
0: take this analogy and apply it to our lives with the mm-hmm. Lord. And... Sometimes people have seed, 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 and the mm-hmm. harvest doesn't come for years. Mm-hmm. I hear this in a lot of people's testimony, yeah. and sometimes it even comes in our own lives when we're looking at specific things. Where have you really seen this analogy of God planting seeds around mm-hmm. you, and then all of a sudden, like, whoo, <laughs> he brings the harvest, here it
1: comes? Yeah, Um you know, I've been studying God's Word for um, a lot of years, and um, I'm finally starting to see where now God has blessed me with some things that I've learned, and I've been able to share that with others. And that's kind of been a bit of a harvest. Um, uh, but just uh, sometimes you keep praying and praying and praying for people that you love that may, may have never come to know Jesus, and we don't know if they will in your lifetime, but you just keep praying. Um, don't lose heart in doing good. Um, you'll be rewarded. Um, and I've seen that also, like um, I have celiac disease, and um, I knew that once I learned what was going on, that I needed to um, do the right things for my body and make sure that I did the right things so I could be healthy, things like that.
0: I want to get back to that celiac in a moment, mm-hmm. but I want to talk about seeds that you planted in my life. And mm-hmm. this will probably be a little emotional. Deb might even have tears around this, but um, I talked about that change that I had seen in you, And that first change was more of, let's just call it an awareness, right? Mm -hmm. There's that initial seed thing. And then obviously you and Jim, you know, end up getting married, et cetera. And I ended up at at Concordia College Mm -hmm. and, uh, for those of you that have not heard my full testimony, um, I got involved in some really bad stuff when I um, and it's not because of Concordia I don't want that not, has nothing to do with that it was my own choices um, but it actually got to the point where I needed to move out of an apartment. And I called Anne and Jim. Actually, my dad might have called Anna and Jim. Yes, he did. I think that's probably <laughs> really how it went. Uh, Debbie's gotten herself into a little bit of trouble. Um, and, uh, you know, you guys, I mean, literally came to my rescue. And I, I will be that bold. Um, for those of you that are not aware of the testimony, I would actually gotten involved in some satanic stuff and some occult stuff. And I don't know if you remember this, but I remember this vividly, that when you guys first came to the apartment, it was there was a moment of hesitation at the doorway because the evil presence was so strong in that apartment at that moment. Um, and, and then we, I just, I remember us all saying a quick prayer. I don't know that I was really praying. I think I was just standing there at that time. But um, you guys came, we got all my furniture, and I actually went and lived with you guys on the farm. Yes. To finish out my college time yes. um, because I was really messed up. I was really, really messed up. But you probably don't even remember this, how messed up I was. Um, and you guys took me to, um, obviously, your home was filled with faith, and you would take me to your church. And I, I didn't, don't know that I necessarily, uh, that you're not even at that church anymore. At the time, it just, I didn't necessarily click there. Mm-hmm. But I could see that there was something I wanted. And, and if I could actually name it, I think it would be peace. Mm. I saw a peace in people and um, you guys took me to this. I'm sorry to be so emotional about this, but this was so profound and your seeds were so profound in my life. You took me to this um, and um, let's call it a presentation where they were presenting the life of Jesus or something. And we were sitting out in this little auditorium thing and I was sitting next to you. And at the end they did what I now know to be an altar call. Okay. And the religion I grew up with, we didn't have, we didn't do altar calls Sure. and, I remember wanting to get up and go to accept Jesus. I was like stuck in my seat Mm. and you and Jim were just sitting. And I know you guys were praying because I know you guys wanted me to go up there (laughs) and I knew I could feel it. I could feel the prayer. I could not get up out of my seat Mm. and get up to that thing to, to get prayed over and to get Jesus in me. And I, I remember we went home and I was just kind of like almost sad because I was just like feeling so lost because I didn't have him. And I could see that you had this and you guys always had this example. And it wasn't until years later that I fully accepted Jesus Christ into my life. Mm-hmm. But that seed,
1: uh-huh.
0: those seeds that were planted and that that uh, faithfulness and reading the Bible at night when I was in your home, those seeds ultimately sets something right it sets something in motion but look at the harvest here we are today talking on a radio show on a christian (laughs) radio station yeah who would have guessed oh god
1: right amen
0: um but that was and i remember um you and jim you know being out and jim had these video i don't know if they're videos or cds or whatever but I remember several times when we've been around family who have not known the Lord, that Jim is just like, you know, I need to come and talk to you for a second and, you know, has the videos. I don't know if you even remember some of this stuff. I don't remember that part, no. (laughs) Um, But that he has been not afraid to share Jesus with people. Mm. And he's not afraid of planting the seed. Mm. And what I also love is that it's not about necessarily what the person does in that moment, but it's about his taking the step to plant the seed. Mm. The Holy Spirit's going to bring about the harvest, right? We know that. We know that, Anne, and you and I know that. We've lived this, Mm
1: -hmm. but I just, I wanted to share that with you because you probably Mm. don't even remember all this. Oh, I remember this situation. I remember you coming to live with me, but um, to be honest, we were under the impression that it was one of your roommates that was involved in Satan worship. We didn't know that it was you until years after the fact, Um, but... Praise God. <laughs> yeah,
0: praise God.
1: <laughs> you came to a safer place for you. Absolutely. Way.
0: Well, and it's been an intensive process of healing. I mean, I had to go get special. I mean, I had to get sacred seals. I mean, it was a big deal thing to come out of something like that. And and you're right, praise God. I mean, because now look at how we can disciple for him, right? I mean, sure. it's just such an amazing thing. Yep. So your seeds, all of those seeds coming to that harvest, like look at how amazing that is, right? So I think that's one of the encouragements we should give people that are listening is that we don't, it's not always us, like the harvest can sometimes come I mean, we're talking years later.
1: Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh my
0: gosh, I, I put 15, 16, 17 years later. Yes. So it yeah. doesn't mean we ever stop praying. It doesn't mean we ever, mm-hmm. but, but if we can keep planting the seeds for people, right, they can, that can come more to fruition.
1: Right. And so, leave it up to the Holy Spirit. And um, I have family members. I've been praying almost 40 years for them. Um, and so hopefully someday there'll be a harvest.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So let's go back to the celiac. So mm-hmm. that's been a big journey for you. Yes. So let's talk about how how you've seen God working in that and, and the good and the harvest and how that's been flowing for you.
1: Sure. Um, I um, started having symptoms when I was on a mission trip in 2007 in the summer and came back home and the symptoms kept Kept getting more and more. I got really weak, anemic. By Christmas time, I was really sick. Finally, went to a doctor, and two months later, got diagnosed with celiac disease. I did not know what that was. I did not know what gluten was. Uh, no idea. And when I finally figured out what it was, I'm like, God, I don't want this gift. I don't want it, really. And it was like a deer in the headlight shock. That you I mean I can never eat Kentucky fried chicken again. I can't eat Twinkies. <laughs> okay, I, that's the big one
0: right Well, <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, I, I, I can't go order a pizza I, ever again. And the truth was yes. And unless there's a cure, um, that, that's the reality. And so, um, but thankfully, one of the joys of it is we found out what was going on. And I'm, I'm healthy today because of it, because I don't eat gluten. And um, gluten is found in wheat, barley, and rye. So I can't eat anything with those in them. And so, it, you know, it's a challenge, um, a, a challenge for anybody with, with celiac disease or any digestive issue. But I um, can assure those that have those issues, you know, Galatians 6-9, do not lose heart in doing good. Even if uh, you have to sit out while everybody else eats grandma's amazing cinnamon rolls that taste amazing and you know it, Uh, even if you go to a funeral and at the lunch afterwards, all you get is pickles and lemonade, um, et et cetera, et cetera. It's a challenge for sure. But in in the process, um, I, I have met some wonderful people that also have celiac disease. I've met some of the doctors that do research around the country, like from Harvard and Columbia and Um, things like that. Um, My um, daughter-in-law has celiac disease. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's had it longer than I have. And obviously, my son was not freaked out by that. (laughs) And they they got married, um, which is so cool. And I have uh, friends. My friend Greta will go above and beyond and drive way out of her way and bring me a treat sometimes. And I have family members that will uh, purposely make sure they have gluten-free flour so they can make the lemon bars that we're all going to eat, and I can have them too. I mean, they're just... So kind, and if I could encourage anyone who's struggling with celiac disease, um, don't lose heart in doing good, and I promise you, when we get to heaven, to that heavenly home, we are going to be escorted to the front of the buffet line, yes. and we get to eat <laughs> Amen. whatever we want. It's going to be awesome. Just trust me on that. I just really believe that, and <laughs> so, but yeah, it's I've had opportunity to, to um, advocate for people, um, children at school, I served on the school board, a local school board for nine years, and I was able to advocate for some of the kids there, um, and just friendships that I never expected, never would have had, um, if it hadn't been for celiac disease. Um, And one of my brothers has celiac disease. um, Found out like if you have it, uh, there's a good chance one in five of uh, a close relative having it. And he was tested, had no symptoms, and sure enough, he has it too. So we have that thing together. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff. So oh,
0: so great to join in that
1: party. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then honestly, though, um, it, it's really hard sometimes. I'll be honest. Um, uh, Twilight Paris has a song, The Warrior is a Child. You've probably heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the lines in the song is, um, I drop my sword and cry for just a while. And, and that's it. That, that's it sometimes. Every once in a while, it just kind of hits you like, yeah, this is a long, long, long thing, a long hike. You know, like we used to go on hikes in Glacier Park and Sometimes through those those hikes, you'd you'd go on treacherous parts and dangerous parts and gorgeous, wonderful parts. But you know, sometimes it's really hard. But in the end, it's gonna be it's gonna be worth it. You know, keep don't grow weary, keep doing good. So. You brought up glacier and you brought up
0: hiking. Mm. We cannot bypass no. huckleberries. No, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Yes. because you want to talk about harvest. It's all about the huckleberry when yes. you go to Glacier Park. Oh, which goodness. of course then brings us to your dad, Uncle Bernie. Your mm. dad, Bernie.
1: Yeah, who he... was like
0: the most amazing dad award ever.
1: <laughs> yep, he picked a lot of huckleberries with us all. So well,
0: my mom has so many great stories about. Mm -hmm. You know, because my mom and your dad would go pick the huckleberries like that kind of was their little role, I think. Um, And, of course, taking all of us and we always would worry if we're going to see a bear or not. Of course, Mm -hmm. that was the big thing because they like the berries, too. But Mm -hmm. um, I think about even in that whole harvest analogy, Mm -hmm. I think about nature Mm -hmm. and I think about how there's that time for the harvest and it's so true. It really is. And even from the the life and death experiences that we go through that it's like there's a season for everything. Hmm. And how are we to know that? Like God knows. Like this is all in God's hands. And I think sometimes we spend a lot of time worrying yeah about things that we absolutely have no control over.
1: Absolutely. And with farming in particular, we have no control over whether a field gets 5 inches of rain dumped on it or there's a drought situation in a field. Um, You know, things can happen. Bugs can come in. You can get aphids or grasshoppers, all sorts of things you have no control over. The price of the crops, you don't have any control over that hardly at all. And um, yet we know God is faithful. And that's the great thing about harvest. Every single plant that's there um, is because of God's faithfulness. And we can be so thankful. Well, you that. even
0: were talking this year about how the rain has affected your corn crop this year. You didn't? Yeah. Did you say you did not plant 850 acres this year? That's right. Yeah, because that's a lot of acres. It was. It was that's a I lot know. of football
1: fields. <laughs> yeah, <yes>. yeah. <laughs> So that was because they had corn from last year on them, and we just we, someone we didn't get off the field till June, and so you can't plant anything else there at that point. And so yeah, we have a lot of bare fields.
0: Wow. Mm, And that really is the trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? It it really, really is. And he still provides. Yes. I remember when you guys, again, from when I was living with you guys, uh, there was a farmer, something had happened. I can't remember what, but all the farmers went out and helped that farmer. It was kind Mm -hmm. of like that farmer needed help. And I don't remember, I want to say it was a medical, something had happened. Um, That part I don't remember. But what I remember was how all these farmers from that area of North Dakota just literally showed up and made things happen. It was like, bing, 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 bing. Yep. And I thought, you know, that is taking care of your brother. Yes. And that's what God, I mean, this is the whole thing. I feel like if we would take care of our brother just a little bit more, mm. maybe the world could look differently, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. Look for ways to help, to help. Oh, that's a great thing about the farming community. People, they love their families, they love their neighbors, and they'll do anything for their neighbors.
0: It's, it's, and, and what would it look like to bring that back? Mm, in society yes. right because that would be amazing yes so when we were getting ready to go on i was telling you i'd pulled up um luke 2 uh 10 oh my gosh luke chapter 10 <laughs> verse 2 um i should i know this on the back but the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few ask the lord of the harvest therefore to send workers into the field and mm-hmm. this was actually what we had on the back of one of the mission trips that i had done mm-hmm. and i this is something i just feel compelled to talk about is that the harvest is great. Like, there are—so sometimes it's planting the seeds mm-hmm. to keep working. And then sometimes it's that the seeds are ready to be harvested, and we are not going out and doing the Lord's work. Mm, yes. So let's talk about that. Like, how <laughs> do we get people—like, what does that look like? How How did you know this is what I'm supposed
1: to do? Oh, wow. Um, well, Going back to the verse, though, it says, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And that's an issue that shows God's faithfulness to us every year, too, with harvest. Is we need people to help us. Um, And somehow God provides those people, whether it's family members, friends, or someone you know through someone else. Um, God has always provided that. So I'm very thankful. Um, But if God gives us a weird thing happening, like a cousin asking you to be on the radio station, (laughs) hey, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
0: And. And what really comes out, you are a faithful woman of the Lord. You are in the Word. You are in prayer. I mean, when you and I have our little conversations back and forth, like, I just know that you are because of the nature of our conversations. Like, you know, I'll say something back. You go, well, I was just reading it. at the okay, well, what do you think about, you know, it's like we can, we can have those type of conversations. I mean, how amazing is it to have those kind of conversations versus probably some of the things we used to talk about in the past um, during those days. Oh, you and mean like the cute boys like that you the liked? Boys. Yeah. yes. Yeah, before we went on the air. we So we should probably, this is kind of funny. We uh, So there's summer school back in the day. You didn't necessarily go to summer school because you had to. You could actually choose to go. And I wanted to take typing and sewing which nobody does now it's called keyboarding but of course we learned on you know now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their country that's what you had to learn in typewriting (laughs) remember that oh yeah i can (laughs) still do it really really fast as a matter of fact and then i wanted to take sewing because i thought oh i have to learn how to sew if it weren't for you or your mom, I would have gotten an F in sewing. Because, But yeah, I would come home. There was this really, really super cute guy that sat behind me and typing. That's all I would come home and talk about is the super, super cute guy. And, and he was older than I. And you were both like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, seriously, if that guy had asked me out, I probably would. have. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of, yeah, it just sort of was what it was. Um, but I do think that as uh, you stay in the word. You're, you know the Holy Spirit. You know how the Holy Spirit works. And there's that discernment of the Holy Spirit call, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the obedient piece.
1: Mm. Yes.
0: How do you bring that in? Because I think that's part of the reason the harvest for you, like you, you plant seeds and there's also that harvest piece for you. Sure.
1: Yeah, because it's not just one or the other. It's all of the It's above. all of the above, yeah. Yeah. And I think God leads us um, as we're studying his word. He might be telling us something that we need to know. And we need to be uh, bold and be willing to step out and say, you know, I'm a person of faith. I love the Lord Jesus, and I hope you can love the Lord Jesus too. Um, And whatever that means, whoever you end up meeting, it could be someone at the grocery store. um, It can be a neighbor. It can be a family member. It can be a lot of different people. Um, Just love them, and don't be afraid to share.
0: And what I found too is, I want to show Jesus in my actions. Mm. I want to be His eyes, His ears, His feet, His hands. Like I want people when they look at what I'm doing, I want them to see Jesus and experience mm. Him. Because when people have an experience, I think that's what changes. Mm. Because that experience for them is like, "What do you? Ha- I want to. A- I want that Kool Aid. <laughs> I want your Kool Aid. <laughs> it's a Jesus Kool Aid, baby." <laughs>
1: We get on the Jesus
0: Kool-Aid and we're all good. Yeah. But that is, right? That's, I think that's the difference is that when people can actually experience that, like I saw it in you. I mm. wanted what you and Jim had, but I didn't know how to get there. Sure, That's where I think God helps us bridge the gap with those seeds and that heart. Like, right? That's the gap.
1: Sure. And we may not even realize that we are being an example to somebody else. Like, I, you know, you just don't even think about it. Um, but you are. You are, you are to your children. You are to now to, for us, for our grandchildren, yeah. for our relatives. Well, and, and even neighbors. cousin to
0: cousin. sure. Because when we see each other walk in the faith and walk in the light, we want to be in that light too, right? We want yes. to acknowledge and honor that. Yes, for sure. You brought in all these amazing ideas. What is the most important thing we have not talked about yet that you, mm-hmm. as coming in here today, that you were just like thinking
1: about? Um, in a Bible study that I do um, with a friend, um so happens that this week one of the words we we're looking at is joy. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. So the word in Greek is, is kara, C-H-A-R-A, but it's, it means gladness, delight, contentment derived from confidence and assurance. And I, I just love that because um, then the joy does not depend on whether you can eat the fresh made bread <laughs> And it it doesn't matter because you can have that contentment that joy is all about. Um, And that's what I, when I think of joy now, that's what I think of. Amen. I love
0: that. I never really heard that interpretation of it before, but it does make sense, doesn't it? Sure. Because when you start thinking about that, it's like, oh yeah, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And we're just getting ready to close up the show. What is, what do you want to leave people with thinking about the harvest?
1: Mm. I'd like to thank them for being kind when a truck pulls out in front of you or a combine is blocking the road and you're in a hurry. Um, I appreciate that, but um, just know that it's God's faithfulness shining right before you when you see all those plants ready for harvest. I love it.
0: I love it. <laughs> and Euland, you, you are amazing. Thank oh, you so thank much you. for coming on to talk to us about joy <laughs> and the harvest and Galatians 6-9. We want to encourage people, go out and grab that scripture, read it for yourself, see what the Lord has to say to you about it, And then just meditate on the word with him. Amen. He'll tell you what you need. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for choosing to listen. Please remember to go out, live joy, and share joy. Live joy.